on, man. Hey, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, keep coming on. Keep coming on. Hey, hey, come on. Can you hear me? All right, all right. Come on, man. Well, happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Come on. I know that we didn't get the opportunity to do this last year, did we? We were at home. We were mourning. We were sad. We were opening eggs by ourselves. We were buying ourselves candy to fill the eggs and then open them just for a little bit of joy. You know, just a little bit of excitement. Ordering our eggs from Amazon. Ordering our eggs from wherever it may be. Do y'all remember that? It's, we're still there a little bit. Who would have thought we'd still be there? But man, I'm excited because I really feel like the Lord is just on the move. And as I look around at the church and as I see different churches open up and the excitement of uh, Resurrection Sunday, it's just an incredible joy to see the body of Christ moving throughout the earth and being lifted up and glorifying our risen king this morning. It's incredible. 1 Corinthians 15, 14 says, And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. Paul knew very well that this is the most important day of our faith, as we realize that with Jesus risen and the tomb empty, that we can also overcome the grave. That if he has the power to do it for his son, he also has the power to do it for you and me, doesn't he? He has the power to do it for us. And how many of us have responded to new life and life in Christ? And, and it's just been incredible seeing our journey and our joy. And here we are on Sunday morning, Easter Sunday, encouraging one another. I hope that you feel encouraged this morning. I hope that you feel just a sense of joy. I, I, I just love that we did a baby dedication celebrating New life this morning. Uh, uh, baby, I was telling Janelle, I'm so thankful that she came to San Antonio, Texas to get involved with Luminous Church in the early days, working in the nursery before she had a baby, just loving babies, praying over them, walking in discipleship, walking into maturation in Christ, and seeing the church um, be able to come alongside of her and progress together throughout this journey and now seeing her meet an amazing man of God, Samuel. And, and now there's a, there's a beautiful little girl who will grow up in the ways of the Lord and, and, and be excited on Easter because th that's the hope that she has inside of her because it's the hope that her mom and dad carry and live out and it's the way that they love out loud and live it. That, that is so contagious. And it was meeting week after week on Sunday mornings. And those mornings where you're like, man, I just don't know. I just don't know if I want to go today. But you still showed up. You still showed up, Janelle. You still showed up to, to love kids and our luminous kids. You still showed up to discipleship meetings to know about Christ. You still showed up in the hard conversations and and the friendly reminders, some people would call those rebukes. <laughs> and those moments of correction and teaching, you still showed up. And because you showed up, you see the fruit of the godliness inside of you and out of you. I just want to encourage everybody that Easter 
It's not just a one Sunday event. Yes, it is one Sunday, but it's also many Sundays that culminate from this event, from this moment that culminated over thousands of years that have been building up in the church to launch the church into what she is called to be. I say she because it's his bride. Bride, and he loves his bride. The great husband, one who pursues well and loves well, one who didn't give up and didn't quit when life got hard and when he saw a cross, he saw a way. He didn't see death in a final note. He saw a way, the way, the way that humanity was going to be redeemed, the way that you and I would have new life because he had to go to the cross. And he saw this was the ultimate act of love. And this is how revival begins in humanity's life through the cross. Celebrations and moments like this, I, I'm never really a fan of celebrations growing up. Anybody else fan of celebrations? Anybody just like, man, I don't want to do something big for my birthday. Oh, man, I don't really want to do something big for her anniversary. I, I wish Brandy was a lot like me where we could just, you know, um, you know, just turn on the TV, watch a movie, pop some popcorn, and be good. But I'm just going to let you know that's not my wife. She wants pursuit. She wants to do it up. She wants to go big. For birthday parties, we can't just get a cake and eat it at our house and not invite anybody. No, we got to go. We got to go Facebook live on this thing. We got to go Insta live right now. We got to decorate the house as though it is an event center and we paid thousands of dollars to decorate it on a minimal budget of just a couple of hundred. And she'll go all out for a birthday. Never really quite understood the gravitas of that and what the importance was of that. So I met my wife and I realized celebrations are very important milestones in our life. They're moments that we have the opportunity to be grateful and count our blessings and share those blessings with the people around us. When you're able to celebrate in such a way and share those blessings, then what happens is it's, it's reciprocated and you find people and joy being contagious and people around you lifting up. Have you ever gone to a birthday party and you leave happier than the one who just had the party? You're like, that's the funnest party ever. I loved it. It's so awesome. See, when, when we share moments and expressions and exciting milestones, then, then people get excited and and we're no longer focused on self-pity. We're no longer focused on woe is me. We're no longer focused on doom and gloom. It's amazing how a party can make you forget you lost your job. <laughs> Amen. You just escape for a little bit and just go like, man, it's okay. It's okay. You know, I had fun. It's amazing how these things can happen and they're so vital. And this is what Easter is. This is the risen king. It's Easter is a celebration, and it's one we get to invite, be invited into. And we understand now because last year we didn't get to celebrate together. This is the one year that you let the luminous photographer take your picture because you dressed a little nicer, right? It's the moment that you get to walk a little taller. 
And it's not because of who you are, but it's because of what he's done for us. We get to celebrate and just to get to enjoy the benefits of everything that he has done and what's challenging in our society and what's been challenging is we haven't gotten to celebrate a lot, have we? We haven't done a lot of celebration. We've, been a done, we've done a lot of waiting. We've done a lot of, man, I can't wait for this to be over. Man, next year I'm going to have a great birthday. Next year I'm going to take that trip. Next year, babe, our honeymoon is going to be epic. Today, we are quarantined. We haven't got to celebrate a lot, and, and honestly, some of us have forgotten how to celebrate. We've almost forgotten how. We've been so focused on self, so consumed, leading to ourselves that we forgot what really the Lord called us to. Celebrate and to be excited what he's done, and it's easy to forget, isn't it? It's easy to forget. I think the Easter story reminds us of how easy humanity can forget. I think it reminds us that we oftentimes just lose sight on what's most important. I'm thankful that, you know, the Roman Catholic Church put the Gregorian calendar together and put us in a rhythm where we celebrate Every year, I'm, I'm thankful that we have these rhythms because it helps us as a church. Now, we're a little resistant sometimes of certain things put on us or placed on us, but it's helpful. Just like church every Sunday, this liturgical moment in your life, help you. It's going to help you. It won't just help you, it's going to heal you. God's going to heal the things that are broken inside of you, things that are broken around you, perspective. When you do life together and you have community, you get perspective. When you're all by yourself, you're not self-aware. You're just full of yourself. Here's what we have in Mark 15, 16, in this moment. In Mark chapter 15 and 16, we're going to see three things, three things that I want to reveal to us or show us this morning. One, first, Jesus was rejected, which we know. The second thing, Jesus has revealed something to us. And the third thing, Jesus is risen. Now, Mark, you may remember the Easter story. I'm sure you've heard it. If you don't come to church very much, usually you come on this Sunday. And we're so grateful that you're participating with us. And you may remember that as Jesus was taken away and was beaten, the disciples scattered. You may remember that. And even the greatest disciples scattered. In fact, even our friend Peter. Peter, the one who said, I will never leave you. I mean, if I have to die too, I am going with you. We are together, a ride or die. We are in this. It's going to be amazing. And I know, I know I'm not going to deny you, but Jesus said quickly, you're going to deny me too. Because we're so short-sighted in our humanity. And it's why we need more of Jesus. You see in Mark 14, um, Peter ends up denying Jesus three times. And then the rooster crows twice. And it's at that moment that Peter just weeps out of disappointment that he fell short. Again, he couldn't stay awake in the garden. And here he is in denial when he's accused. 
his disciples went out and they, they, they just scattered and they left Jesus. I have to take note here. It, it was, it was the, the male disciples that left. You notice the, the females kind of were still there. They were, they were in it. Can I give it up for the females? Come on. That was your moment. It's your moment, women. You know, it, it's like the females were still there. They, these disciples were still there. But most of the disciples, they scattered. And, in fact, they canceled Jesus. Jesus wasn't popular. He, he wasn't what um, there was fear, trepidation. If I'm associated with him, then something may happen to me. It was cancel culture before that was a thing. I'm going to go ahead and unfollow Jesus and deny that I was with him and take out all the associations. They walked away. And this has happened in our culture as well. But we've seen that 15% of the church, of those who went to the church before COVID, have walked away from their faith. Have walked away. They've they've canceled Jesus in their life. They were following him, and now they said, I don't want anything to do with him. And... I understand why, because when crisis happens, just like it did on that day, sometimes that's the only thing that we know to do. But I'm encouraged because no matter how much you try to cancel Jesus, no matter how many times you try to walk away, Jesus will never walk away from you. And he'll never leave you. In Mark 15, 33 through 38, it says, And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, Behold, he is calling Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait. Let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his loud. And the curtain of the temple was torn into from top to bottom. This is the first thing that we see is Jesus was rejected. He was rejected in every facet. He was rejected by his disciples. He was rejected by the people who were praising him. And some of you made it to a Good Friday service and you understood the weight of that rejection and the weight of him on the cross for you and me and the pain and agony that he endured as a result of being rejected. We also see that in this moment of Jesus in Mark 15 being on the cross, he was also being revealed in verse 39. And when the centurion who stood facing him, saw that in the way he breathed his last, he said, truly this man was the son of God. There were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph and Salome. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him, and there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. In this moment of Mark 15, we see that... not. As Jesus was being rejected, he was also still revealing his very nature. I want to tell you something, that Jesus, he just, he he emits his, his grace, his faith, his love, 
his acceptance and his forgiveness wherever he goes. And it's why the people who are marks of his disciples and, and walk with him, they emit the same things. They, 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 they have the same exact things coming out of them. See, on the cross, we remember that Jesus uh, was revealed to the thief. You may remember that. Where both thieves were at him at the beginning, but then you have one thief who was mocking him. Another thief said, today, I want to be with you in paradise, Jesus. How do I do that? He reveals himself to him, and that thief comes to salvation. We see Jesus has revealed his most holy place as well in this moment as he's on the cross. As he breathes his last, you have this four-inch thick purple curtain up in the temple separating the holy of holies from everybody else. And in the moment that he breathed his last breath, the, the veil was torn completely in half. Revealing the most holy place to us and access to the Father. Something that hadn't been done for over 500 years. 560 years, there was the temple and it existed and you have this veil that separated humanity from God's presence. And it was in a moment, in an instance, that the veil was torn allowing us access. We also see Jesus was revealed to a centurion. In this moment, he was revealed to a centurion. I wonder what happened to that soldier. What was he witnessing? He was witnessing something unlike anybody else that they had ever put on the cross. See, Jesus wasn't the only one to die on a cross. There were many people who died on a cross. There were many traitors. Many barbaric people who weren't heeding to the Roman government dying on the cross. And the centurions probably witnessed hundreds of people dying on the cross. This one was different. And as an investigative reporter, we would ask the questions to the centurion. What was it that you saw about Jesus that revealed that he truly was the son of God. We can read about different accounts of strange things that were happening when Jesus was breathing his last breath. The sky going dark. Different graveyards opening up and the dead walking around. Hey, come on. We we see we see different moments happening. We see we see the way that he extended grace and love to the person hanging on the cross next to him. Maybe it was the centurion who saw that Jesus wasn't just offering salvation to the person next to him, but he was also holding stewardship over his mother. He, is, he was asking John, take care of my mom. In this moment on the cross, you realize that Jesus was wielding his authority on the cross as he is suffocating he's wielding his authority and he's already putting things into order and displaying love and grace to everybody around him he's the one who says forgive them for they know not what they do you see a centurion all he had to do was be around jesus for just a little while and he realized that this was the son of god 
if a centurion, this soldier, could do that, I, I would beg you and plead you today that maybe if we were just to get around Jesus a little bit, we too would be convinced that he is who he says he is. He did what he said he would do. And the third thing we see is Jesus is risen. In Mark 16, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, they brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. And they were alarmed, and he said to them, not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go tell his disciples and Peter, he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb. For trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone. For they were afraid, but they had to go, and they had to go find Peter and tell the disciples they had to go. Reveal what they just saw. He is risen. This moment, Jesus was rejected, and then he was revealing himself even in the last hours. And then he is risen, and now testimonies are going forth. See, people scattered, because usually you scatter when you don't fully trust. See, when you abandon your faith, when you, faith is lost, what you're saying is trust is lost. Moment of trust where it's absent. But seeing the empty tomb, these women did not think that he was going to be alive. And what happened? It regained a trust inside of them. And when Jesus said three times in Mark, I'm going to rise from the dead in three days, like it was actually true. It was actually true. And the thing is, is are we living our lives as though he is dead? As he's a historical figure, he was just a mere prophet? Or are we living our lives as though he is risen? As though the grave is empty? As though he overcame? Interestingly enough, in our life, and you may know this, is you kind of go a little back and forth, right? Found that to be true, where sometimes you trust and sometimes you're like, ugh. I don't know. And you step back into trust and you're all full of faith and you're excited and then you step back and you're like, ah, I don't know. And it's usually when crisis happens or something difficult happens in your life, a situation that's going to cost you something. You see, the disciples move into a place where it was going to cost them something. But when they had a revelation that Jesus was alive and he was risen, it means that not only was the grave empty, but everything that he said was true. 
If he said it, we can walk into it. If he said it, we can trust it. This is what God has called us to do. 1 Thessalonians 4.14 says this, For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Meaning this, those who trust Jesus and know that he can raise the dead will find themselves being raised to new life again. Church, I'd love to pray with you if you would bow your head and close your eyes with me this Easter. And as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I would just encourage you to reflect just a moment. And the moment of reflection that I would love for you to have is this. You ask a question, do I trust you, Jesus? Am I trusting you, Jesus? What's costing you something right now? What's something that you're afraid to step into because the cost is too high? Is it a relationship with him? Is it being obedient to what he has called you to do? Easter is a reflective moment of not just evaluating, do I know him? But evaluating, do I trust him? Am I walking with him? My life reflective of an empty grave. Never trusted Jesus. You've never put your faith in him. I want to encourage you to do it. It's not going to be easy. Tough. You have to admit that you're a sinner. That you've sinned and you offended God. You have to move into a place of repentance and saying, I'm sorry. And I want to leave that. I want to trust you and turn to you. You have to confess with your mouth that he is completely Lord over your life. As there's belief in your heart welling up inside of you. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. You can simply raise a hand or respond verbally, internally. But let it be made known that today you want to follow Jesus. Father, we thank you. Lord, our trust and our hope is in you always. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus, that you were rejected for us, that you revealed your very nature to us, and that because you rose, we too can rise with you. So grateful. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, will you stand with us as we begin to worship this morning?
Give it praise, give it praise. 